reached Mid-Valley Mutations, and this is a special bonus episode here of the program Analog Love Letter, which normally airs on KDVS in Davis, California, near Sacramento, uh, and is hosted by a holiday special uh, who had me on the program for an interview and uh, all sorts of fun stuff. And uh, yeah, it was a real treat. Uh, Her program is excellent, and uh, she wanted to feature many mutations and talk about the tour and talk about music and art and things like that. And uh, yeah, I think it's a pretty cool little program, and I hope you enjoy it. So uh, without any more fanfare, here you go. This is the weatherman speaking to you from negative land. And I'd just like to remind you that you are listening to KDVS in Davis. There's absolutely no other possibility. KDVS. Can you hear the voices? KDVS, Cosmic Driven Veggie Sandwiches. KDVS, Killer Demons Visiting Sacramento. KDVS, Karma Dazed Video System. KDVS, Kleenex Dried Vitamin Shots. KDVS, Kids Dig Variety Shows. KDVS, Kiss, Delta, Velvet, Slip. KDVS, Kite, Dazed, Veteran, Sunburned. KDVS, Khaki Duds, Very Subliminal. KDVS, Kiwis Don't Value Saliva. KDVS, 90.3 FM in Davis. Whatever you want to make it. Good morning, KDVS listeners. Just one final announcement that the following views presented in this hour do not reflect the views of KDVS, KDVS sponsors, or the University of California. Stay tuned for Analog Love Letter. Instead of doing a genre focus, I will be doing an artist focus. So with me tonight, uh, my guinea pig, is uh, he hails from Salem, Oregon. Uh, he's been involved in a variety of experimental electronic projects, currently creating as many mutations. I'd like to welcome Austin Rich. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you very much, Holiday Special. Well, thank you for being on air. I want to call this as kind of like a, a, an exchange student program because you are also mm. a freeform radio DJ. Yes, absolutely. It's, uh, it's one of my, my passions and my hobbies. So your current, uh, your current adventure is Mini Mutations. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us about your approach to this project. If someone were to listen to one of your tracks, what does it sound like? Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm very much interested in audio collage and uh, remixing, and so a lot of my stuff involves samples and sample bass in one way or another. 
but uh, you know, how much of that is recording the things that I have made or recordings of other people uh, is, you know, kind of half and half at this point. <laughs> so, uh, you know, as I move more into kind of field recordings and, and other areas, the sampling becomes less of like other people's music and properties and more of like the idea of sampling as in a larger sense. Okay, I see. Like, uh, for what I know that you do, it's a lot of archival or found sound, and it's a lot of mm-hmm. kind of butchering of that and creating your, art, your own art from that, but you're now moving on towards more uh, field recordings? Uh, well, I mean, field recordings have always been a part of the stuff that I do, and I try to mix them in when I can uh, and when they're appropriate. Uh, but, uh, you know, <clears throat> depending on the piece or the idea or whatever... <laughs> it kind of calls for different stuff. Uh, and so sometimes it makes more sense to go out and record some rain rather than to find a recording of rain. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but I mean, I think both are valid in terms of making. It just kind of depends on each piece and, and what you're what you're trying to convey. So how does mm-hmm. Mini Mutations, how does it differ from anything else you've worked on? Hmm, yeah, well, you know, <clears throat> I think it all kind of comes back to radio, uh, to be honest. Uh, you know, I, I've been doing radio since 1998, and uh, in one way or another, I was always kind of looking to Don Joyce of Negative Land as inspiration or a guru. Um, I wouldn't say that I was doing their show or, or even uh, getting close to it, but that it was certainly something that I could listen to and go like, hmm, I'd like to try to be more like that. Yeah. And, and you know, I didn't realize it uh, at the time, but like, I kind of envisioned, oh, you know, the way you do that is that, like, you just plan everything really well. So I've spent a lot of time kind of over the years getting good at like cutting together pieces and mapping it out and figuring out like, oh, the timeline is I, I have 25 minutes that I need to do this here, this here, this here. And as I have come to discover by talking to people who worked with him, uh, Don was very much kind of up the moment. Oh, interesting. So, so, I mean, he would plan things for sure, and he had an idea, like a roadmap, mm-hmm. but um, more often than not, he was willing to just kind of completely scrap it all and go with whatever he was figuring out as he was doing that. <laughs> I don't know, that's both uh, enlightening and also kind of daunting, because I figured, you know, like, oh yeah, there's some kind of skeleton that you have, and then you sort of, like, fill it in as you go when you're doing uh, an avant-garde performance, but just winging it entirely and having it, like, just come out something, like, amazing. It's just like, how do you get to that point? Yeah, I mean, his uh, quality program you know he was on for 34 years mm-hmm. um and he did radio before that uh as well just not at the level that he was doing over the edge right. um and uh and uh you know it does not really drop for that 34 years like it's a consistent product that <laughs> you know like in terms of the show like th- there are some dud shows occasionally in that 34 years but i mean it's an astonishing body of work for an artist for what you do you know you do have a lot of you do a lot of sampling i know you have a digital uh dj controller and you also have kind of a daisy chain of pedals going Uh, how does that play into creating what you do as a dj you know so i've been doing radio now for quite a while and so you start to gather little bits and bobs of things you need to do the show and um at one point one of the stations i was working at had these uh, incredible um, cdjs it went beyond what a regular turntable offered because you know when i was doing the analog version of my show in the 90s where we didn't have fancy cd players you could just play and stop um you were scratching the records but these cdjs not only could scratch and reverse and whatnot but you could slow it down to improbable 
The ability to manipulate became so much greater that as soon as I was no longer at that radio station, I had to get a pair of the same CDJs myself. And over time, you start buying pedals, and then you need a mixer to kind of keep it all running together. And so I leaned towards Behringer's just because that's the first one that I bought. And it was great, and so I've I've used them ever since. <laughs> uh, and then uh, I got a couple of little toys. The, the primary one uh, right now is um, this um, Micro Granny by Bastel. Yeah, I like a lot of the stuff they put out. There, it's very there's nice. a lot of it's very um, just smaller devices that you can fiddle with. They kind of helped me get started as a baby synth head and just kind of understand what does what when you do patching. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, and, and what I recommend is you should do what I did, which is find someone who likes the same kind of gear and wait for them to upgrade and then buy all their cast off stuff. Right. I mean, I mean, I certainly have that too, where it's just like uh, we have a circle of friends and we're often the ones buying gear off of each other. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. I, I think that's the part that I like the most about the gear aspect of making experimental music is that the community is so supportive that mm -hmm. if you just even kind of put it out into the universe that you're looking for this kind of pedal or this kind of um, particular uh, processor, uh, someone's going to get back to you very quickly. Because <laughs> we all have this kind of end goal of trying to obtain this this sound. And this is the uh, experimental music community that we're re referring to, uh, listeners, um, is we're trying to obtain, you know, this sound. And it's not melodic. It's, it's something else. And because um, I believe a lot of these, uh, a lot of the musicians had that common goal that's why we we just have to build each other up and support each other that way for sure for sure i mean we we know this isn't going to happen on its own in, in the wild without support right <laughs> i will say that the one other piece of equipment that's probably essential to my setup is a, a dd7 digital delay pedal which uh, is just a lot of fun, basically. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed you use that a lot in, in a lot of your um, a lot of your mashups. You, you use that for the um, audio clips that you use in your mashups, and it's to kind of add like another, make it as a, whatever they're saying as sort of an afterthought. Yeah. You know, it just it's 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 an extra afterthought. It was like, what are they actually saying? Yeah, you know, I mean, like, a lot of it was kind of out of necessity. It was like, I was hoping to kind of mask a little bit these voices that I knew were recognizable if you listen or consume media. Right. <laughs> um, but then uh, after a while, I kind of got a little bit more obscure because, like, I, I was like, you know, I'm less interested in using Ghostbusters and I'm more interested in, like, some weird Martha Stewart recording that's out of context or right you know whatever uh, and then at that point it became more of an aesthetic choice where it's like well you know i kind of like the effect um because you know so much of of what we're doing is, is this dreamy kind of droney um uh, soundscape and so uh, you know if, if it's um pristine sharp clean studio recorded voices in the middle of this kind of like dreamy atmosphere it almost kind of ruins the the ambience all right, so now we're going to head into uh, some of the music I had Austin picked for the show tonight. And these are artists that had uh, influenced him in his work. And we're going to start off with Wobbly. And then, yay, yay. <laughs> this was a seven inch uh, split that I had found in the library and I couldn't really find much information on it. And I listened to it and I'm like, okay, great. This is great. And I like that it's rare and that I found it here at the station. And then we're going to lead into uh, People Like Us. Uh, it's another track <laughs> that I found at the station. And just kind of leading into um, from your discussion about, you know, being a mashup artist. Would you call yourself a mashup artist? Oh, that, that's, that's an interesting question. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, um, I'm not opposed to it, but that's not what I would lead with um, at all. Uh, but uh, certainly after a while... Um, mm -hmm. 
I am looking for the way that two or three or four or more sometimes uh, sounds blend together um, in the same way that a mashup artist is looking for that, you know, two songs to kind of like sync up right, in the right way. Um, so yeah, I guess there is a, a, a component of mashup in there, and I'm mm-hmm. certainly a product of the, the remix era. I mean, I, I, I grew up where, you know, already in the 80s, you're getting like dance club remix versions coming out yeah. when I was a kid. And, you know, it was just in the air. And so, I mean, like, I think I've always thought of the world as something that you could cut part of one thing off and staple it to something else. <laughs> I, <laughs> it's perfect. Absolutely perfect. So coming up, we've got Wobbly. One of the Nolan sisters. Yeah. Now, is this a, a singing and dancing role as well for you? <laughs> Wait, I'm just trying to imagine this. I do not mix too well. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I think there's a song in it. Yes, we've got a song in it. Which mm. is good fun. I'm singing. Dancing. I don't think it makes
And if you're just tuning in with me this morning, I have Austin Rich of Many Mutations. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, we're still deciding whether or not he is a mashup artist, um, <laughs> but he is an experimental musician that utilizes uh, found sound field recordings along with a myriad of pedals and other oscillators. For sure. I, you know, I, I would think I was talking to uh, Mark Time about this, is that I like experimental music as a catch-all umbrella a little bit better than, mm-hmm. like, noise or mashup or whatever, <laughs> you know. Um, right. Just because I, I kind of like the larger community um, rather than being, like, stuck in one corner of it. Correct. If you're stuck in the mashup corner, it's not going to fly well with people that are traditionally in, you know, the the music mashup scene. I, I, I do see what you're saying, because, you know, you're, you like to incorporate not just other kinds of music, but kind of like, you, you have like phone calls and tapes running, and like, it's kind of like, you know, you're not just kind of like samples, it feels like you're actually like physically wrestling with other kinds of culture. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of a, I, I don't know, I'm trying to, I'm still trying to find my sound and my end goal. And we're going back to that, you know, that conversation of what is our end goal? Right. That is a tricky, you know, because like, you know, part of you starts to feel a little bit pretentious or precious once you start saying like, oh, my philosophy or, oh, this is my aim or yeah. I intended, I have to be you know, completely put my cards on the table here. There, there is a little bit of that in, as well, you know, me shaping like, well, you know, I want to do this, not that. And, mm-hmm. Oh, you know, maybe I shouldn't sample these things because of the message it sends or right. you know, what have you. You know, all of these things weigh in on shaping who you are. It's, you know, finding your voice is challenging. It can take, well, like in my case, I'm, I'm 25 years in, <laughs> Yeah, you're 25 years in, but, I mean, I would say you have a pretty good grasp of what you're doing, to Mm. be honest. Trying to describe what you do may sound pretentious, but, you know, at some point, I think we all have to owe people an explanation of what's going on and what we're doing. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, and, you know, like, I feel the pressure even more so because, you know, uh, some of those cards that I put down on the table in my previous point, you know, I am a middle-aged uh, white uh, male person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, and even uh, you know, cisgendered and whatnot. So, my perspective is kind of it, it may be a little boring at times. And so, taking on the the idea of like, well, maybe if I tackle political messages, like maybe if I lend my voice to some of these causes and issues and things that I feel strongly about, mm-hmm. that could be like. A useful middle-aged man prattling on <laughs> rather than a boring middle-aged man prattling on. So you're saying that um, kind of the direction in a lot of the political uh, messaging in your music is just kind of not only just create self-satisfying art but you're trying to just create art for voices that really don't have a voice? Well, you know, like, I, I mean, I, I think that you're, you're yeah, absolutely right. I, I don't want to make something that I don't like. So mm-hmm. it has to have that sound quality that, I don't know, gets me kind of moving or puts me in the zone or, mm-hmm. or what have you. But at the same time, like, you know, I, I make, used to make this joke on my show all the time, although mm-hmm. it's kind of become the opposite meaning as a joke is... I used to say, like, I don't want to get political, except I do. Yeah. And, 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 I mean, like, I feel strongly about these things. Mm -hmm. And so often, you know, when you're young and you're going to protests and you're kind of, like, screaming at cops and, like, you know, saying, like, yeah, yeah, you feel like you're doing something. Mm -hmm. And then eventually you become this middle-aged guy in a bar, kind of drunk, going, like, yeah, I know what's wrong with the government. (laughs) And, you know, I really want to try to avoid being that kind of a political guy. Uh, and so, you know, I feel like I do feel strongly about guns. I do feel strongly about the environment. I do feel very strongly about Smokey the Bear. What do I do? You know, <laughs> like, do I just like make another song that's like me going like, "Hey, this girl done me wrong," but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna sing about it. You know, 
it, it feels a little unfair to the world around me. But yeah, I totally understand. Um, like, this is just a new avenue to to mm. talk about the things that are important to you, but also just uh, do it in the way you know best, and that's creatively. Right, yeah. You know, like, uh, in, in the 90s, I was writing all these, like, essays and zines, mm -hmm. and then, you know, when I was in college, it was me taking all these classes, writing all these papers for professors, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, all that time... I'm listening to all these like really weird records kind of wishing that I could make all these awesome political points but in music <laughs> and uh, you know the, the funny thing about wishing to do something is that like you're not actually doing it until you stop wishing and start doing it so and that's interesting about the the uh, the experimental music scene I've seen um, the last time I saw you perform you did one you, you did a performance on gun control Mm -hmm. And the thing is, like, that's that's kind of something that was on a lot of the artists' minds because a lot of the ones that use samples for their work, there was a lot on gun control. And I think that's, um, yes. you know, and it's it's good to see, like, you're not really alone in your messaging. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I was... Um, so one of the things that I do as a kind of um, side hustle, I guess, is what the kids call it these days, is a substitute teaching. Um, oh, I didn't uh, know that. Uh, yeah, and uh, you know, it's it's a very enlightening, you know, job. But uh, I was in a classroom on Valentine's Day this mm -hmm. year, uh, which was the, the that you know really uh, unfortunate shooting. Uh, and so it was just a very weird day where like you're in there and there's these kids hopped up on sugar and they're breaking up with each other and recoupling and it's Valentine's Day, and then you're know, like you go home and then the whole news is like this school shooting yeah you know the, the next day i started like cutting samples and working on music beds and stuff and i was like ah, i gotta do something <laughs> uh i've been working on that no guns piece uh, most mm -hmm. of the year in a lot of ways and I, I have more to say on that subject but i feel like i need to kind of take a break and, and re-examine it from a different angle because I mean, just just in the last oh gosh, eight months, I feel like so much more has happened. No, you're not. Uh, you're not imagining it. A lot has happened. Yeah. Now that you're delving into it, it just, you know, for a lot of people, it's not. You know, for experimental music, it's not just people making weird sounds just to be obnoxious. Mm -hmm. We're also kind of working through our own grief. Um, Absolutely. And just things like, you know, this affected you as a teacher to see that this happened, mm -hmm. and it was your own way of working through grief. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that, too, because, I mean, we were both at the NorCal Noise Fest this year in October, mm -hmm. uh, and I had the most, like, instantly deep conversations with people at that event. Like, yeah. people that I had just met who I knew through music, but I didn't know them, mm -hmm. you know? And we'd be talking between acts, and it was like, suddenly we were, like, instantly talking about family and, like, this really heavy stuff about life and what we're going to do next and, you know, big philosophical concepts. And I was like, I just met you, and, and we're already, like at this level yeah it happens it happens when you go to a uh, room you know you go and meet a room full of artists yeah it was really it was really uh excellent and motivational too like uh it was near the beginning of this tour and i was kind of like am i making a mistake going on this tour and it, it no. really energized me i was like no I, I did the right thing like i'm gonna meet more people like this the whole time so. yeah never regret a tour for sure oh man the, the people i met and you know like getting to know folks that I only knew through their CDRs that they would mail me or, you know, whatever. Like, that was, like, the best part of going on a tour, you know? It's like, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I only, I've only ever listened to and read about uh, Blevin Blectum, and then I got to share a stage with her, and she was great! <laughs> and, uh, I mean, like, we, you know, she was uh, in a group, um, Sagan, with Wobbly, who you just played. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of like, but you're famous and we're playing a show together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So g going back to your tour, you got to share a bill with Mark Hostler of Negative Land, who, mm -hmm. you know, is somebody we also admire. Can you describe that? Like, what was that like? 
for you? In the last few years, kind of ramped up these performing gigs. Mm -hmm. Just this idea that I should take this radio thing that I'm doing and and put it in front of an audience. And, 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 uh, you know, with this idea in the back of my head that, like, it'll be really funny if someone who likes Negative Land sees this, because then they'll go like, you really like Negative Land, don't you? (laughs) Never thinking that it would be this situation where, like, I was the opener for them. Right. (laughs) But, you know, the universe has a weird way of kind of, like, letting you have your cake and eat it, too. So yeah, uh, I got to share uh, five uh, different gigs with Mark uh, on this tour through uh, Oregon and Washington. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of them was uh, the weatherman did a DJ set <laughs> as well. Oh, um, did he call in? No, he was there. He came to what? the venue and yeah. <laughs> oh my god! I'll I'll send you video footage. Uh, no, that that would be like I would love to see that. I've um. <laughs> So no, that's great because I've um, I've seen uh, Mark Hosler and John uh, Lydecker perform together, mm-hmm. and for their encore, uh, the weatherman called in. Oh, very cool! He, very he cool. called in for the set, and it was just like I, I felt <clears throat> like I was blessed. He doesn't get out too much, um, from no. what I understand, and that that's just like oh, it's like some kind of holy omen that he was present for a DJ set. Oh yeah, no, it, it was um, it was everything I wanted it to be. So, mm-hmm. so like, you know, the whole tour was kind of leading up to this Halloween show, which like, and it was in Seattle too. So I was like, hey, show in Seattle yeah. on Halloween, like I can't say no. And it's opening for Mark. The Weatherman's doing a DJ set at this mm-hmm. show. It's being hosted by this group, Monster Planet, and uh, they do kind of like a audio visual collage thing. So they have okay. like projected movie stuff over top of them while they play and so they asked all of us to join them for their set so there's a nice recording where me the weatherman mark and monster planet are all jamming together oh my god (laughs) i want to see that it's i would uh, love to see that wild (laughs) uh but it it was one of these things where like you know i never thought any of this was ever going to lead there you know like i was doing these little cut-ups for my radio show kind of because i was a fan and mm-hmm. this felt right, and I could be political and have fun, and it's radio, which is something I love. Yeah. You know, like, I never really thought of myself as a musician. I always thought of myself as a radio guy. But uh, I'm starting to think that maybe I'm actually, like, an artist that does radio and music. Does it feel weird, or does it feel good to call yourself an artist? I kind of like it, because... Then it makes sense that I was making zines for so long. Those sound effects, oh, like, say that. There's something about the lost 15 years of my (laughs) creative life. Mm -hmm. There's a little bit of a through line through all of these different media outlets that uh, I've done. And and it just so happens that the through line is, is like collage and expressing myself in these ways that are, are not the traditional essay or not the traditional photograph and uh as i get kind of further and further into it i realize you know i can just kind of have fun with this and every one of these things that i do is just as viable as a expression as the other one so So coming up we have operation reinformation and uh, replicants and i don't know how that ties into the music i have in the background um i actually have a copy of the bbc radiophonic workshop sound effects record which you said was also a uh, inspiration of yours so i thought oh man. that would be great to play in the background those so we have that going effects, oh like there is something about their <laughs> library in particular i don't know you know you can spot a bbc sound mm-hmm. so far away like it's it's they're, they're just they're beautifully recorded it's got its own personality yeah and it may be just just the gear that the uh the radiophonic workshop had yeah and and, and I, i'm 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 kind of blanking on her name that gal delia i think is her name yeah delia derbyshire yeah. i mean she was just a maverick in that studio like everything she touched sounds so good so coming up, we've got uh, Operation Reinformation with Boolean Reoperator. Yay. <laughs>
Feeling stressed? Need a place to recharge? The Mind Spa is here to help. The Mind Spa offers biofeedback, massage recliners, light therapy, peer support, weekly yoga, and more. Just bring your Aggie card to the second floor of the Student Health and Wellness Center or 132 North Hall. Open Monday through Friday, 9 to 4. Mind Spa offers Aggies a place to de-stress. The only place to hear the latest news and discussion of UC Davis Aggie sports. Aggie Talk, Tuesday, 7 p.m. Right here on KDVS Davis. Starting in the sixth grade, students who miss 18 days or more of school in a year for any reason will fall behind and risk not graduating high school. Absences add up. Keep track at BoostAttendance.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. called Safety for the Holidays. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about this uh, track before we get started? This is my holiday special for Holiday Special. Um, you know, like I, so I, I do enjoy celebrating the holidays creatively. And uh, so when Mini Mutations was playing in October, I did a lot of like ghost story, scary, Halloween sound effects kind of performances. And, and so, the holidays are getting closer, thinking about, you know, Christmas and whatnot, and you know, what's the center of every holiday uh, December, but the kitchen. So, I to discuss some kitchen safety. We're going to be listening to a track about uh, how to say, stay safe during the holidays, but uh, if you listen through it, something just sounds like, just something sounds terribly wrong and ominous. <laughs> um... And uh, before I let you go, you want to drop your uh, your own radio show a little bit? Oh. One freeform radio station yeah, to another? Sure. Well, you know, um, I am on uh, KMUC here in uh, Salem, Oregon, uh, Friday nights at 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's uh, Mid-Valley Mutations. It's the, the radio version of the music that uh, I do. And uh, yeah, it's two hours. I usually try to play some records. I usually try to perform live at least once a show. If I can't, I'll play some old time radio because that's my jam. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good show. Um, and, and you know, I do a, a podcasts as well. Um, uh, there's an interview program uh, that's uh, actually part of the uh, They Might Be Giants Dial a Song Network. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know about yeah. that project. And it's, that's it's great. just interviews with uh, creative artists that I'm interested in or people who I find very fascinating. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a live performance if a band comes through. Um, but uh, let's see. Some mm-hmm. recent ones were uh, Hal McGee, Forest Friends, uh, and then a local band, The Paintings. Yeah. Uh, okay. It, it's, a, it's a good program. So uh, anywhenanywhere.com. Well, thanks again for being on the show tonight. Uh, Coming up, Safety for the Holidays by Mini Mutations.
people when it comes to entertaining our friends. We're going to work off all the food. We sometimes get so involved in the details of the event that we feel like we're on the sidelines looking in. I am so glad you're here. The pressures of the holiday season get me down. holiday season and that can mean some dangers try to come up with new ideas to make these moments more special safety for the holidays Entertaining is taking something of yourself and sharing it with others. The holiday season, and that can mean some dangers. Herbs are wonderful for medicinal purposes, but look how green and fluffy it is. It looks beautiful. That's a nice big bunch. It's big leaves. Maybe some of the stress of the speed. And it too has a lovely, lovely scent. You see how pretty. All you do is poke this long stem right down into the ground. Stay in the kitchen. that you have to grow all these things yourselves. Many markets now sell herbs and big bunches. Leave the kitchen unattended when they have something cooking on the stove or in the oven. Create centerpieces from the grocery store. If you leave the kitchen for a minute, you might get distracted. I think we have plenty of herbs for a great big bowl. There's linens out there. I mean, there's a lot of things out and about. people I'm going to have and where I'm going to put them. is kind of staying organized.
The ceiling is hung with our collection of old and antique baskets. Invest in two or three timers. An accumulation of years and years. Be on the table with one or two or some of our cats in them. Slow down. Just talking or eating or watching what's going on. Get dressed for the event. And I use it every Christmas with great success. High pressure cooking situations. An unusual mold. Cut yourself or set the thing on fire. Cut yourself or set the thing on fire. yourself or set the thing on fire. There's so much going on. Cut yourself or set the thing on fire. Cut yourself or set the thing on fire. It's a lot of food volume-wise. It's a variety of different dishes. I'm a firm believer in displaying one's collections and one's accumulations of things. And I don't like putting them in the public to gather dust. It's much more fun to have them out so everybody can enjoy them.
It's been handed down from generation to generation, and I really feel privileged. It's been handed down from generation to generation, and I really feel privileged. You can actually make the fire worse. At 8 o'clock, I won't have to worry about anything. You could pour on the fire to put it out. Slash holiday cooking. Temptation is everywhere. Mix and match. Stress and temptation is everywhere. Be sure you uh, don't go to an event. about using it. You might not know when Smoke detector, smoke detector as a timer. The perfect spot for this particular party. that um, there are three times as many kitchen fires on Thanksgiving and Christmas as there are throughout the rest of the year. I can just imagine that magic is decorated with pumpkins and squashes and gourds. There are all sorts of flammable things we might have in the kitchen. Near the burners. I think it's really great to plan ahead.
Good morning, KDVS listeners. I just want to step in and thank everybody for tuning in tonight. Uh, This is a different show format than what I normally do, and I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Tune in. uh, Next week is going to be Naive Melodies with Grimace. I will be on the week after that, though. Coming up, I've got DJ Sweaty Palms and Chewing Gum. He plays modern and classic rock and he's got uh, quite a few good albums lined up for you right today's uh tonight's love letter which wasn't mentioned in the interview uh goes out to negative land a common influence for both uh austin rich and i and i want to thank austin rich of many mutations for uh lending himself to this experiment thank you for listening to kdbs in davis (laughs) 